Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry. And I am Chris Huddleston. And today we are going to talk about the movie Safety Not Guaranteed. Writers, does anybody have an idea for a story? How about uh, this time travel ad? Guy writes a classified that reads, Wanted, someone to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. You'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. Safety not guaranteed. I've only done this once before. I want to find this guy. You know, see if maybe he believes in this stuff. I don't know. I think it could be funny. You want to do it? Can I get a couple of interns? Help me with I'll the research. It. Me, do, please. Me. All right, give me the lesbian and the Indian, and I got a story. What'd you get? Got his name, where he works. What makes you think he won't slam the door in my face, too? Probably none of the other people were beautiful girls. Easier, I know. Do you sell guns here? Something sexy and affordable with killing power? Is there a pest problem? Well, if your ad had been written properly, I may have a better idea of what I need. I hope you worked harder on your calibrations. My calibrations are flipping pinpoint, okay? Mm. You ever face certain death? If it was so certain, I wouldn't be here, would I? I think you're ready for the next steps in basic training. I think I'm getting better than you. Now, let's not get ahead of yourself here, okay? I'm certain I'm being recorded. I'm certain I'm being followed. What's wrong with this guy? What makes you think there's something wrong with him? Because he thinks he can go back in time. What are you going back for? The mission has to do with regret, mistakes. No matter how tempting it will be, we're never, ever going to say, hey, leave your Star Wars figurines in the box because it'll be worth, like, hundreds more. So, Kenneth. Why are you looking for a partner? The world is mostly full of jank holes. Take these creepy glasses off and put these on you. That dude right there crushes chicks. I believe that there are purists out there, and that's why I put that ad in the paper. I think you're ready. I trust you. You should. There are people following him. There are really people following him. This is intense. We're going 15 miles an hour. You come to that launch site, you take my hand, and I'll show you who can't time travel. What's your story about? I don't know anymore, actually. It's my hope that if you're watching this video, something incredible has happened. Okay, great trailer. Chris, do you have a synopsis for us? I do. Uh, this is from IMDb. Darius, Darius, I don't know if I'm saying the name right, is a young intern at a Seattle-based magazine and jumps at the chance to investigate the author of a classified ad seeking someone to travel back in time with. Along with Jeff, the staff writer, and Arnaud, a fellow intern, the three go on a road trip to a coastal town. While Jeff just wants to chase after his high school crush and Arnaud wants some kind of life experience, Darius spends her time with Kenneth, a man who believes that he has built a time machine. The closer they become and the more they understand about each other, the less clear it becomes if Kenneth is just crazy or if he actually is going to successfully travel back in time. Oh, that kind of puts his finger right on it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a pretty good setup. Um, so what did you think? Uh, so this was the second time i had watched this uh this came out in i believe 2012 is that right i think so, yes yeah. 2012 um the first time i saw it was maybe a couple of years after it was originally released i remembered very little about it other than i knew it was a time time travel thing but beyond that i didn't remember a whole lot so it was it was almost like watching the movie 
you know, for the first time. Um, it's a really good movie. It's uh, it has a great cast. So you have um, Darius is Aubrey Plaza. Yep. Uh, the guy who's going to who put the classified ad up and is going to is saying he can time travel is Mark Duplass. And then you have Jake Johnson as Jeff, who's the the main writer guy. And then I'm, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but uh, Karen Sony is Arnaud. Um, so they're all, everybody in this is super likable. This is a, a, a kind of, for lack of a better word, a nice movie. There isn't any. So right. uh, the, uh, so what, uh, Kenneth, is that his? Yeah, that's his name. Kenneth is, he's this kind of quirky guy and they, they go there to the, the, the group goes there to, um, investigate what's going on with him. He had placed a classified ad that says wanted someone to go back in time with. This is not a joke. You'll get paid when we get back. Must bring your own weapons. Safety, not guaranteed. I've only done this once before. So they <laughs> think that would be a funny, you know, thing to right. kind of check this guy out. And it turns out he's very earnest. Um, and uh, Darius starts to fall for him. And the, I guess we can later on get into the ending. I think we should have a spoiler alert and, and talk about the ending later I in agree. the show. But uh, so you, you basically spend the entire film until just the last few minutes, not knowing whether he's crazy or not. Um, I will say that the movie sets it up pretty clearly from the minute we meet him, we assume he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he drives kind of a beater car Mm -hmm. and he, you know, he works a low level job at the grocery store and everything about him seems to indicate that, you know, he's of the sort of, conspiracy theory like kind of half half cocked um weirdo right yeah and uh the there's no real conflict in this movie very much i mean there are some uh uh like these government agent guys that are following after him and even they aren't you know super sinister or anything the Matrix, um, it ain't. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> right. it, this is a light movie, but but like I say, I think everything is predicated on how much you like these characters, and they're all very likable. Um, you know, Kenneth is, you know, he's, he's kind of weird, and you do wonder if he's crazy, but you like him. Um, Jeff, who is the, the kind of the boss of these two interns, he's this kind of cocky, sarcastic guy but still he's not it's not like he's like a total dick or anything you know what i mean he's he's likable so it's just a uh you know it's this is barely a science fiction movie right um and it's funny the uh the plot keywords for imdb are time machine time travel falling in love intern and classified (laughs) 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 those are so you have these. I think a of... robot, a robot, must have come up with those words because they're oddly perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, IMDb keywords can be can be pretty fun, but uh, but there's these couple of little side stories. Um, uh, 
you know, uh, Arnaud is this Indian kid who's in college and he's just very focused on, um, you know, just school and he's just kind of this nerdy kid. And so Jeff is trying to, you know, get him like hooked up with a girl while we're there. And then also Jeff, it has, um, this is the town where he would go in summers and he had this fling with this girl when he was like in high school or college and he goes back to reconnect with her. So there's, you know, that sort those, those, those two kind of side stories while, uh, Aubrey Plaza is, you know, getting closer and closer with Kenneth and, you know, she's buying into what he's saying and she's starting to fall in love with him basically. So, um, but before we, uh, when we talked, you know, off mic, you were saying how the, the little bit of science fiction element is what, you know, made you interested in this. And if it had just been, okay, this is a romantic comedy you know, you might not have been as interested in it. Um, well, so, and it kind of is a romantic comedy, but you know, it it still has that element to it. So of the sci-fi that is. So what did you think? Yeah. Uh, I agree with everything you said. I, I think listening to the, um, trailer makes it, the, the trailer is pretty clearly tone wise, what you get in the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's much more squarely in the wheelhouse of a romantic comedy. Everyone has an arc. All of our main characters are lonely in their own way. Ultimately, they kind of go on a road trip, right? It starts with this uh, personal ad uh, in the paper that is quirky and weird but it's really like i'm looking for someone Mm -hmm. right i mean it's um and the move as the movie unspools they've cast a bunch of really great comic uh talent top to bottom yeah and they all get a chance to sort of fall in love and be frustrated and show what it feels like to feel alone and lonely and like you don't know where you're going with your life and all of that is kind of classic rom-com, coming-of-age, road trip uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the 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 fact that it's about a guy who is, you know, who he's looking for as someone to go time-traveling is this little hook that the whole um, kind of Christmas ornament hangs on. Um, but it's hardly... Um, one of the other things that we had been discussing um off mic earlier was uh, you know different types of time travel movie where such as primer you have um people who kind of crack the technology and then think oh this is great and it opens like a pandora's box they go back and turns uh, things they didn't intend to change start changing and you know there's a whole end of that genre that is horror yes um you know, where it's like, aha, I'm going to go back and get the gold or stop the girl from breaking up with me. And it ends up with lots of lives lost in a total dystopian future. And, you know, right back to the future, uh, mm-hmm. the second one. <laughs> yeah. um, but but um, this is absolutely not that movie. And they keep the time travel thing kind of fun because, you know, the Mark Duplass character does talk about it constantly. Right. I mean, 
he's dead serious. And I think none of us really take him all that seriously, but you have to, cause he's very thin skinned. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's, it's a constant thread. It's not like they just let it go away, but we don't, you know, there's, there's no special effects budget. There's no, you know, it's a, it, there's people walking around in this sort of rural town and in the grocery store. And it, um, I, I thought it was charming um, and I really enjoyed it. And I don't know that I wouldn't have watched this movie. I love Aubrey Plaza. I like all of these actors. Um, and I'm new to Mark Duplass, but I've really dug everything I've seen him in so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm, I'm not sure that I would have thought to talk about this on our podcast for some reason if it weren't for the time travel bent, interestingly enough. Yeah, that gives why. it a kind of genre spin. Yeah, you know, we've never it. explicitly said that this movie, this podcast is only about this or that type of movies. But, you know, I feel like we have an unspoken kind of understanding that it is it's a genre thing for mm-hmm. the most part. And sci-fi, maybe some horror, maybe some, I don't know, I guess maybe some comedy, but mostly those two things. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I do want to spoil the end. I want to talk about it. Um, how long have you been aware of Mark Duplass? Because I actually went and watched on Apple TV. I went and watched. I know he's been working for a while, but I didn't until I watched The Morning Show, which is an Apple TV original uh, series on which he plays the showrunner of this morning television show. Mm-hmm. And he was terrific. I, I kept thinking, I'm like, who is this guy? Like, why have I, you know, like he's walking and talking, like I'm supposed to know who he is. Like he owns the place, which is great for an actor. Um, but I, how have I never seen this guy before? So I started looking him up a little bit and he's done some really interesting indie stuff. He's definitely, um, carved some success for himself and is running with it from both ends, right? The producer where he's making his own work and starring in it. He's not just a guy who's in front of the camera. Yeah, he and his brother have worked together a bunch. Um, but even to the point where when I looked at the images of this, I uh, I didn't recognize him at first. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched the trailer, I was like, Oh, that's the guy from the, you know, he's like, it's one of those things where now that I'm aware of him, I see him everywhere. You know, does that ever happen to you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, So that's kind of where I am with Mark Duplass, but I thought he was really funny and I thought he struck the, the performances in this are right on because they really are um, comic actors, all of them. And they get it, but it's not a slapsticky thing. They get a chance to emote it's light. It's light fare. It's heartbreak and longing and falling in love. And yeah, it's a, it's a sweet movie. And it's sweet without being saccharine, I would say. Right. You know, right. I mean, there's a, because Aubrey Plaza is, um, not to say like she doesn't have range or anything, but Aubrey Plaza is Aubrey Plaza in this where, you know, she's just all, you know, this kind the kind of sarcastic, yeah, you alt. know, girl that, yeah, the alt. Yeah, exactly. Not goth. Um, no, no. Uh, but, but, you know, not the head cheerleader. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, with, uh, Mark Duplass, he came from Mumblecore. Do you, are you familiar with Mumblecore? 
Uh, I'm certainly familiar with it at that level, but I couldn't start reeling off um, titles. I don't watch it. I find it, the, the samples of it I've seen, I find utterly unwatchable. Yeah. So for, for people who don't know, Mumblecore, it started sometime in the early 2000, 2000s, and it's these really low budget movies that uh, they're really, really, like yeah, really no low. budget movies, like shot on your phone. Yeah. And they're uh, the it's it's dialogue more than plot, basically, and it's supposed to be very naturalistic acting. And so he kind of grew out of he grew out of that, basically. Um, and again, like you said, I, I can't really name a, a bunch of titles, but um, so. And yeah, he's an interesting guy, like you were saying, because he's in these big budget things, but he also has, you know, he and his brother together, uh, or sometimes I think just him by himself, you know, they also do these low budget indie things. And um, the two of them, I don't know if it's still ongoing or not, but they had a Netflix deal. And I think the first movie that they did for Netflix is called Creep, and it stars Mark Duplass and... Um, that's one we might have to, to do sometime on the show as well. Cause, yeah. cause that's, that's an interesting movie, but with, with this safety, not guaranteed, um, this does not really fall into that category of, you know, it, it, it's, it's a low budget movie, but it looks, you know, everything is professional about it. It's not, it's not unprofessional in a, in a low budget sense, if that makes sense. Um, so it, yeah, it looks yeah. good and, you know, and uh, it doesn't exactly. ever seem amateurish in any way, you know. Um, so, right, it's 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 professionally done and it's uh, well shot, but it does have a kind of a handheld feel. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it is, I I didn't clock whether it actually is handheld, but and uh, there's a lot of outdoor external like natural light, and you certainly don't feel the production. No, right. So I think one of the reasons uh, why I said if there wasn't the time travel thing, I might not be inclined to talk about it is the romantic comedy uh, genre, I think, has a kind of a pitfall in it in that so many of those movies that are just aimed squarely at that genre um, are very heavily produced they kind of um, gild the lily in terms of like, oh, now we have these incredibly uh, saccharine romantic settings and implausible circumstances and overly broad comic situations. Oh, you forgot the ring. Oh, that's not my mother-in-law. That's mm-hmm. right. And it's just <laughs> kind of like, ay, Dios mio. Like, you know, it's yeah. too much. It's... Uh, you know, and Matthew McConaughey, everybody's made a few of them. I think they, they can make a lot of money, but, mm-hmm. um, and there are some great ones. Uh, but, but I think in general, you know, I think, Hey, check out this new movie. It's a romantic comedy. I'm more inclined to a cringe a little and think, Oh boy, I hope it's not, um, so saccharine, um, as, as some of them can be, this is not that at all. This no. is, feels much more like an indie film. That's really, really well done. Yeah. And, uh, all of them, everybody has a chance to shine. Even the very smallest parts, um, the camera takes them seriously and really 
really lets them have their moments. And so you get to relish like, wow, they're really good, you know? Oh, yeah. And you have, you know, some uh, some other big stars um, in this, like Kristen, is it Kristen Bell? Like she is a, well, a sort of girlfriend previously of Kenneth and she's in it for, you know, three minutes or something. Uh, Jeff Garland from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm right. is Aubrey Plaza's dad. Right. And, you know, he's just in it for a couple of minutes, you know, but. Uh, so just yeah. little one one scene cameos. Yeah. yeah. And it's quirky, you know, but not super quirky, you know, so it's. Right. It's not Napoleon Dynamite. No, it's not, not in no way. It's like striving that. for that. And that's another pitfall that romantic comedies is like, oh, the awkward girl. And you're like, well, it's a beautiful actress that you, you know, put in overalls and a pair of glasses. And, you know, please, <laughs> you could you could see that she's gorgeous. So. Right. And that's an interesting thing about uh, Aubrey Plaza is, you know, she's pretty, but the personality that she has, you know, she has this kind of weird personality and, uh, and like when you see, you know, I don't know how much of it is an act, but if you see her in interviews, she just kind of acts like this character in this movie. So you could see how, you know, it's kind of like, she's this, this lonely girl and, you know, Jeff Garland is, is telling her in the beginning of the movie that, you know, she needs to go out more and go on dates and everything. So you could, and the, the Jeff, the boss, he makes fun of her a bunch and just talks about how weird she is and everything. So she is this attractive girl who's also strange. So you could see how she maybe would have difficulties in relationships. So she meets this Kenneth who he's also strange. And that maybe is kind of what attracts them to each other. Yeah, she has one line for she's like, I like your intensity. <laughs> and it's it just rings really true. You're like, yeah, that's that's an accurate. I mean, you many adjectives about him leap to mind. Yeah. Maybe many of them uh a little unkind, but yeah, there is a there is an infectious intensity to that performance that is that's right on the money. Yeah. She's like, why do you like this guy? She's she's attracted to his intensity, and it it, it just rings true. She plays um, she plays awkward and uncomfortable very convincingly. Yes, and I think for somebody who is striking looking mm-hmm. and that the camera really loves, she's got these great big eyes. Yeah, um, that's necessary to pull that off. You know, because you can give somebody kind of a mousy hairstyle and they can slump a little and you can put them in less fashionable clothes. But if their performance, if if they're not really convincing you that they feel uncomfortable in their own skin, it's not going to fly. And she does that very, very well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the dialogue in this is well written. You know, there are uh, quirky comedies that you'll see where they'll have funny dialogue, but you don't ever feel like these are words that a real person would say. Right. Whereas in this this movie, you know, they're saying clever things at times, but you never feel like, oh, this isn't, a person wouldn't actually say that. You know, they, right. it seems very, I don't know if any of this was improvised or not, 
but it it everything just seems very natural you know as far as as the dialogue in it i would be surprised if of a significant amount of of it was not improvised i mean i think they had a solid script mm-hmm. but all of these performers are great on their feet yes um and there were many moments in it that feel spontaneously and and improvised, which I think is what really lands that. And, and you need to have a director and, uh, you know, whoever's in charge of the script needs to hold it and say, like, well, we got to take where you said what was on the page. And then we got a couple of takes where you said your own idea that conveys the same thought. And yours is better. So keep it. You know, mm-hmm. not every production is smart enough to do that. And um, I know Aubrey Plaza comes from an improv background. I'd be amazed if Mark Duplass didn't. I think a lot of mumblecore is improvised. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, the the bookworm is the cabbie from Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. It, where you I get, had forgotten, yeah. You don't get uh, a lot of that character, but the scenes where you do get, he kind of steals them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I Ryan agree. Reynolds, I think, is smart enough to, le- to, to just let this guy oh, sure. lead and, and take it back. Like, he's got the whole movie, so he mm-hmm. just sits back and lets and keeps teeing him up for these kind of little one-liner slam dunks. Yeah. And you see him shine. He doesn't have a lot to do in this movie either. And he's playing a shrinking violet of a character, but his timing is electric. I mean, he's just, Oh, sure. He's just great. And like I say, it's, it's, this is a feel good movie just because you like everybody in it. There's no, there isn't really anybody that you're just like, I don't like that character. You know, everybody is. uh, And, and with Kenneth, I kept thinking a bit, he is a, He's kind of almost like a nicer um, Dwight Schrute from The Office. Yeah. Where he's, you know, he talks about how he was bullied as a kid. And then he says, but of course, that's before I started martial arts, you know. And he's this guy, you know, he's just one of those those guys that, uh, you know, he's just kind of off and weird, but he has this confidence you know what i mean and and he uh i don't know it's it's it all through the movie it's it's like he um is trying to be more capable than than what he maybe actually is because you're not because you think like this guy's just kind of a loser and uh so i don't know he's a he's a likable loser though i guess you would say when are we gonna? Are we far enough into this that we can? Yeah, I think so. Say go, spoiler alert. Yeah, okay. go ahead so, and talk about the ending. So, if you want to watch the movie and you don't want to find out is he is or is he ain't, uh, stop now because we're gonna spoil it. And he does build a time machine, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it becomes pretty clear in the like two to three minutes running up to the sort of chasing him through the woods. And he's got Aubrey Plaza by the hand and he's taken her to the place. And it's like, um, it's a uh, propeller boat Mm -hmm. that he has tricked out with some big, you know, I feel like there are big spark plugs. It's almost HG Wellsian. There's like, yeah. you know, the DIY-ness of it has taken on a kind of like, I built this in my garage, look. Um, 
And but it's clear from the second you come around and you see them and he's throwing knobs and switches as the viewer, you're like, oh, this is legit. Like they're going to now they're going to vanish and go back in time Mm -hmm. Uh, because unlike anything we've seen that has to do with this character, certainly any of the other physical trappings, it certainly is car, (laughs) Um, you know, everything from the house. He has this rundown house that his parents left to him. Yeah, right. looks like he can't keep it together. So Mm -hmm. the idea that he could build a, a machine, much less one that does something that technology hasn't been capable of yet um seems ludicrous well one thing about confidence aside yeah his confidence aside one thing about that though these it's revealed at 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 one point that these uh these uh government agent guys that are after him say that he's been stealing equipment from like science labs and things like that in different places so you kind of get the feeling a lot of this stuff he has just stolen yeah right and it's a ridiculous, I mean, that's a comic bit too. Because mm-hmm. what is he, he's stolen some lasers and they're like, lasers. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. Know, like, they don't even make up a, like a flux capacitor or they don't, you know, Mm-mm. it's just he stole, he broke it, he stole some lasers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a strength of the movie that they don't, right. It's just like, it's time travel. You don't have to know how it works. Right. You right, know, right. they don't ever, you know, there's a part where they, right before they go and, see him getting ready, you know, him starting up the machine, they go and look in his garage and there's all these plans that he's drawn and, and all right. this. But one thing that struck me as funny the second time around, so they all, um, you know, they run out to this location where he has the machine set up and uh, it's the two government agent guys. And then it's uh, Jeff and what is his name again? Arno. So they show up there and the it's funny because the government agent guys don't do anything to stop them. They're just sort of like, eh, what can we do? And as the machine is starting up, uh, right. they just the, said to follow him. That's what you know, I like, guess. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but as the machine is starting up, you know, the uh, Aubrey Plaza's two friends, they're just cheering it on. And I was thinking, and you know, it's this feel good moment in the movie, but I'm thinking, you still don't know that the guy's not crazy. I mean, they don't, the characters don't. Right. And I was just thinking in real life, you know, your friend goes and gets in a boat with this guy that she's known for a couple of days and is, you know, flipping these sw- switches and things are lighting up and everything. You'd, you'd just think this thing's going to explode or so. You wouldn't really be like, all right, they figured out time travel until right. it disappears, you know? Right. I just thought that was a little, I mean, that was, that's me kind of nitpicking, but it, it just struck me as funny that you'd just be like, this guy's right. going to kill her, you know? Well, I mean, I absolutely, I agree, but you know, it's a metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and it kind of brings it right back around to the title, which I think is, is nicely done a safety, not guaranteed. Right. And of course, because that's literally from the advert that mm-hmm. we start the movie with, it's, directly linked to time travel like i've only done this once before this is potentially dangerous but really by the end of the movie we realize this leap of faith um it is really just a metaphor for how you go through your life we mm-hmm. start with a bunch of closed off characters lonely or jaded or shy you know and they're all they're not 
like Aubrey Plaza's character's father says, you know, you got to get out there. They're not putting it out there yeah. in one way or another. And then this, this whole thing is kind of an excuse. Yeah, come on, it'd be fun. It'd be a road trip. But it, they, they all kind of eagerly leap at this sanctioned opportunity to step outside the lines and see what might happen. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and at the end of the day, you know, there's some heartbreak, there's some love, there's some progress, but you know, it's life safety, not guaranteed, you know, and yeah. it's light, it's light. Nobody dies. Right. Um, but you know, he goes back looking for his long flame and they have a grand old time together, but it doesn't work out. You know, it doesn't end up working out. I mean, I, I think he's like, oh, this would be great because we'll get married. And, you know, that's just not where she's at. Right. And he walks away from that experience feeling a little um, bitter. But that's as, as hurt as anyone gets yeah. uh, in the movie. And, you know, so safety not guaranteed could sort of translate to it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, I think that's a good way of, of, uh, but safety, not guaranteed, uh, is a little edgier and adds a little danger to a movie that doesn't otherwise have any danger baked into it. It's Mm -hmm. constantly trying to create danger and these sort of toothless agents that are, you know, somebody's following us. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and all of these things to like make it, feel exciting but there's no real threat no it's all it's all perceived yeah until the end when he throws the switch in which case you're like wow that that actually could be extremely dangerous (laughs) oh yeah for sure and the thing that's interesting is it just the they disappear and you know they kind of uh stay on this empty i don't know if they're on like a little lake or or what um but they just kind of stay on this empty, this shot of, you know, where the, the ship has disappeared and then it cuts to black. So you don't really know, you know, uh, what happens to them other than it worked, you know, to some degree. But I think, uh, with the tone of this movie, I think the ending is pretty much perfect because I think if you had gone all this way, and it gets to the end and they, they say, you know, it turns out he was just crazy that there's no time machine. I think that would be a big letdown in a right. movie like this, you know? Right. And it would, it would go against what the whole thing was setting up in the first place. Yeah. That taking big risks and believing in yourself and, and making leaps of faith is folly, right? You're mm-hmm. crazy. You're kidding yourself. I mean, that, that isn't necessarily true, but that's the kind of message if it all turns out, oh, he's just a crackpot, right? That's realism, and this movie isn't about realism. This right. is about optimism and, and feel-good romantic comedy. Let me ask you something, just a little kind of a broader question. Why, do you, why are road trip movies so enjoyable? You know, there have been so many you know, the road trip movies have been around forever. I mean, they used to do road trip movies like with Bob Hope um, in, I don't know, the forties or something like that. But, you know, these, they're typically these movies that just take place over a day or two, or sometimes even, you know, one night or something like that. But it's, 
um, it's kind of a subgenre that I've always enjoyed. I don't, it's, it's something, I don't know really how you put your finger on it, but I, I think, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the, it's the, it's literally the journey. Um, it, and it is the transition, right? It's, it's not, oh, here I am at college. Oh, here I am back in my parents' house. It's the getting, I mean, certainly there are those movies. There's like home for the holidays, mm-hmm. but it's the, it's the transition from one place to another. Uh, it's a vicarious vacation um, for the audience. They get to go on this trip to new exciting places and new exciting people and the unknown and all the excitement and um, possibility that that brings with it when you engage in a transition like that where you're you know you're not here and you're not there but you're in transit right from one state to another um and i think you know there's a reason why sometimes when i'm I don't so much now in New York city cause it's such a headache uh, to park and traffic is such a drag. But I remember there were times in Parkersburg when I was bored and I was old enough to drive, I would just kind of get in the car and go for a spin. Like I would just go put myself in transit and the act of moving around and just seeing what was going on somewhere else, even though somewhere else in Parkersburg was just as boring or banal <laughs> as yeah the place I had left, I felt like I was doing something and opening doors of possibility to see something surprising or encounter some situation that I hadn't anticipated. Yeah. Literally putting yourself out there, right? Cause you're, you're putting yourself out on the road. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think, you know, a lot of times with these movies and it's the case with this, um, uh, these people are not necessarily friends at the beginning because the two, uh, Aubrey Plaza and um, the other guy are interns and Jeff is kind of their boss and he just, you know, he barely even knows them, but, you know, takes them. And uh, he, there's one point in the car where they're they're driving along and he says something about like, you know, we're going to do this on this vacation. And she goes, what do you mean vacation? This is, this is working. He goes, oh, you know what I mean? And so I think it's that thing a lot of times with, uh, with road trip movies is maybe as the viewer, you kind of get to vicariously live through these characters because they're kind of taken out of their, uh, mundane everyday lives. And they're kind of just hanging out with their friends, you know? And I think that's something, especially like once you get to be an adult, uh, and you have, families and all that, that doesn't, you know, people don't get to do that very often. You well, know, certainly with the lockdown too. I'd oh yeah, definitely now. Yeah. Travel has become extremely fraught, even simple travel. Other sure. countries don't want Americans. Yeah. There yeah. We're, we're all infected with it. So. Right. Um, a couple of little tidbits about this. So the, the class where the idea for the, the movie came from is supposedly this was a real classified ad that somebody placed no kidding yeah and that i don't know if it was the writer or if this you know some website uh made this 
classified ad sort of go viral or something like that. But that that was the basis of this movie. I don't I don't think anybody actually responded to the ad or anything like that involved with this movie. So, um, but I guess the I don't know if the if the classified ad was exactly as worded, but that's that's supposedly how this came about that it was a real classified ad. And then the director is Colin Trevorrow who went directly from this movie to Jurassic World. <laughs> and I think this was the first movie he directed a a documentary and a short. Um so I mean that's a big that's a big step. That's a big step. And especially since I mean, I didn't see the other work he'd done. I think this movie is very competently yeah, uh, handled. Um, so I think this is a great resume, um, this movie. Um, but Jurassic World is a big property in so many ways. It's a big budget thing. It's a tentpole property with a lot riding on it. And it is a surprise to to see somebody with um i mean i think hollywood takes likes to go with young blood and they, they're always looking for that cinderella story of the next m night Shyamalan that's going to explode out of nowhere and mm-hmm. um but it does feel like a gamble on somebody who has never done a movie of that scope. I mean, it's so much CGI and sets and A-list actors and studio involvement and, you know, layers of producers. Uh, It's a lot. Um, I mean, did you see Jurassic World? I, yeah, I saw Jurassic World. I haven't seen the second one. And then he, he do the second one too. He did not. It doesn't look like he did the second one, but he is doing the next one. He's directing the next one. He also wrote, um, star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. He wrote it. He wrote, it says story by, um, but he wrote, he wrote the screenplay for Jurassic World and, uh this Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom he wrote that and he also wrote the screenplay for this next one that's coming up. I Jurassic World was fine. I I don't like I say I haven't I haven't seen the the second one. So what did you think? I I think it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um I honestly don't remember which um you know what I mean? Like they all the la- the later ones kind of bleed together. With yeah, me. there was one where they go back and the island kind of explodes, and it was that one was terrible. Um, yeah, I think Jurassic World is the first one with Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and um, oh, I'm spacing on her name. Um, oh, uh, Ron Howard's daughter. Uh, uh, do, 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 what is her name? Is uh, Bryce Dal- Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. yeah, and and I think the two of them have really great chemistry, and the director deserves some credit for that. Um, and I thought that first one was entertaining. It was an mm-hmm. entertaining trip back to a beloved property that, if we're honest with ourselves, has gotten a little stale over time. Yeah. Um, but I thought it, you know, it was a summer flick and I, I enjoyed it. I went, it was like, Oh, that was not bad. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, but I I need to catch that second one sometime. I mean, I I think it was probably okay. I it it doesn't th- seem like they're ever going to catch that lightning again of of the original Jurassic Park. I mean, no. that's just I mean that's one of those movies where like if it's on TV or something now, you can't so turn good. it off. It's so you good. know, and it's amazing that we're really getting into a tangent now, but it's amazing that <laughs> They haven't surpassed those effects, you know. They, uh, I mean, like the the uh, Tyrannosaurus in in Jurassic Park is just, and you know, it's a combination of they had a giant mechanical right. Tyrannosaurus yeah. and a, uh, you know, they, and then that was really early CG, but it's it's pretty much seamless, you know. My favorite, and there are many scenes from that movie, um, is the first reveal. Oh, yeah. With the skeptical archaeologist, you know, that their team pulls up in the Jeep with the kind of, you know, impishly grinning, you know, uh, oh, you're going to love this, you know. And they see for the first time the brachiopods that are, you know, like, rearing up on their hind legs to eat the top of a tree and just the um what was the guy's name sam um sam uh oh shoot i can't think of his name anyway he Uh, gets out of the driver's side we see them all in the car but it's it's his shot and he he gets out and just awe and we haven't seen what he's seeing yet we haven't seen the reverse but just and the theme comes in sam neil and he, you know, I don't, I don't remember if he takes off his hat or his hat falls off, but that's the effect on his face of just incomprehensible awe. And and it's Spielberg plays that moment so perfectly before flipping the camera around and showing us what Sam Neill is seeing, which is that a real live dinosaur. And it rears up and it takes a bite of a thing. And then when it comes back down, the ground shakes, right? And the music mm-hmm. and the sound effects, the audio design of that movie were just as effective as they were such an integral part of that, you know, because with the THX, you, as the as the thing comes back down to the ground, it just, that to me is synonymous with movie magic yeah. in my mind, because it's the magic that a movie can create in an audience that you think, you know, and of course all the T-Rex stuff and the Raptor stuff is, is all, it's electrifying. It's wonderful. But that first reveal of like, cause we're skeptical. We're like, Oh, dinosaur Island, huh? Let's see what we got here. Some puppets. And, and mm-hmm. then you see this thing and the, you, the effect is mind blowing. You're like, Oh my God, are we going to get to be in a whole movie full of dinosaurs? And yes, you are. <laughs> you know? And have you, have, have your kids seen it? I don't think so. You know, oh, okay. my kids, um, they're a little weird with movies. Uh, it's growing on them. They still watch a lot of animated stuff. Okay. Like we watch The Incredibles and we've been watching the Studio Ghibli stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're into it. The live action stuff um, it hasn't really, I'm, I'm a patient man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, like they haven't seen Star Wars or the Avengers or other stuff that, you know, my son's 11 and my daughter's nine. And yeah. They, the nine-year-olds and 11-year-olds have all their favorite characters. Um, and my kids have not, they, I, I own them. I'm like, you want to watch one of these things with daddy, even the first half hour, you know? And they're like, no. <laughs> so 
you always just wonder how those things are going to play with kids, you know, with modern audiences. A friend of mine had, she had never seen the star, any of the star Wars movies. And, um, she watched them sometime probably in like the last six months or a year with her daughter. And they, the first, you know, six, and they watched them in order episode one through episode six. And, uh, and I said, you know, how did the first, her daughter really, I mean, they both liked them, but her, her daughter really liked them. And, uh, I said, you know, how did the effects work for, for her, you know, cause you've got the, you know, sure. the old ones or models and then the newer ones. And, and she said, honestly, she couldn't tell any difference. The, 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 her daughter couldn't, she just, it was all, all the same to her, which I thought was funny. One thing that was funny that she told me is, um, since, uh, they, she was scared of Chewbacca initially. Um, he's scary or no, or no, she wasn't scared of Chewbacca. She was scared of the Wookiees, uh, initially. Cause you know, there's the part in the, I forget which movie it is, but there's like, they're on the Wookiee planet or whatever. And she thought they were scary. Um, uh, I was like, well, I guess, you know, you haven't really met Chewbacca. I don't think yeah, they, but they are, they are scary. Yeah. So you know, eight foot tall growling, you know, they basically look like a cross between a bear and an ape. Yeah. Yeah. Sasquatch or something. Um, Back to Jurassic Park for a second. One thing that's always been so incredible to me is that Jurassic Park and Schindler's List came out in the same year. Yeah. And that, you know, he did those movies back to back. Yeah. Which is just unbelievable. I mean, and it's a shame, you know, everybody, we all get get old. And uh, But I read an, an interview with Spielberg several years ago, and he said, he eventually got to the point with action movies that they were no longer interesting to him because he said he could just do it in his sleep. Yeah. And you know, you, you, you don't necessarily really think of, of uh, Spielberg as an action movie guy, but really, I mean, Jurassic park is an action movie. The Indiana Jones movies are action movies. And, well, he uh, was let me just so amazing with second. that, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I think the reason they don't feel like action movies is because he does everything else so well. Yeah. The action sequences are um, at the top of the game. They are standard setting. But I think what, for example, in Indiana Jones, what you love about Indiana Jones is not, I mean, well, I'm going to contradict. I love the opening tomb scene. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But what really endears you to, you know, is him running across the field and then a five count later, the army of the natives chasing it. It's like, start the plane, start the plane. (laughs) You know, is the comedy and the pathos and the genuine um, humanity of that character. Right. And it's a tribute to Harrison Ford because it's a fantastic performance. But you ultimately, again, you you have to lay it at the feet of the director because that person gets the best out of um, uh, their actors and 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 conducts a script in such a way that it lands so mm-hmm. beautifully on all all different uh, points. So the movie we're talking about today, <laughs> one uh, <laughs> one real quick person. to to get us back to that. Uh, Jake Johnson, who is this Jeff character in Safety Not Guaranteed, 
is in the next Jurassic World movie. So no kidding, yeah. Because I'm sure he's friends he in, with you know the. Wasn't the he in? He was in the. He was in Jurassic World. Oh, is he? He he he's in. He's one of the techies that work in uh, behind the scenes okay. with Lauren Lapkus. He, he tries to kiss Lauren Lapkus, and she's like, "Oh no, no, I have a boyfriend." And he's like, "Well, I didn't. You know, I was getting mixed signals." She's like, "No, nope." You know, you think that the two nerds are going to have a moment as she just. Yeah, you're right. Out. He's in he's in Jurassic World. He's wearing a Neil advised mustache, like a comedy mustache. Yeah, I'd say obviously he and the director are friends, you know, since uh, since he'd worked on safety, not guaranteed, you know, and, and all that. But yeah. So um, is safety not guaranteed? Is it a movie that you would recommend? Uh, I, I yeah I I absolutely would recommend it. I would say, you know, if you listen just to the audio of the trailer, go you know Google it up and and you get a sense of it. Yeah, great date night movie. Um, great if you're just feeling like something light and fun and feel good. Um, but it's it's not um, just because it's it doesn't demand a lot of the audience doesn't mean it's insubstantial. I think it's a right. really well done movie and it's well written and well directed and well performed. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I think, you know, we've been talking for the better part of an hour now. And after about half an hour, we started talking about Steven Spielberg. <laughs> so, I mean, we did get a little I, off track. With I, I, yeah. I just mean, I, I think, I, I think that that's, uh, that's just an indicator that, you know, it is it is what it is. It's a pretty straightforward confection of a movie that works on the levels it works at, but it's not a great think piece. It's, um, you know, it's a delightful movie that I recommend. I would agree. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's and for people who are um. Uh, phobic when it comes to romantic comedies i mean this isn't i think we've laid that out pretty well but it's not it's not kind of the typical you know a couple could watch this and if it's a guy who is like oh i hate romantic comedies i don't i don't think you would be put off by this one no it's uh it i find i found it genuinely funny yeah definitely you know not forced not Mm -mm. canned Genuinely funny and and quirky in a sincere way. I love the, uh, I guess it's the meat cute when <laughs> the other guy tries and Mark Duplass just smells him as a <laughs> phony right away and shuts him down. So he sends Aubrey Plaza in and she goes in there, you know, just winging it, but playing like her best secret agent. And they start immediately talking the same language yeah and it's absurd and delightful and silly and you're on board from that moment you're like oh i hope they get together yeah absolutely so that's a success yep i agree um do we want to announce uh, what we're doing next time since we've talked about it or do we want to leave the door open for us to change our mind uh, if you i mean i'm i'm happy to watch the one that uh that we discussed before yeah, if you want to i'm go down so for next week, we're going to do another time travel movie, a very different time travel movie but, uh, called Time Crimes. Um, and this one is, it is available on an app called Plex. You can watch it for free on there. You can also rent it on uh, 
think maybe Apple TV it's available. But anyway, I watched a little bit of it the other night. I'd, I've seen it before. Um, so, but it is available for free on Plex. Foreign language, right? Yes, it's Spanish. So our first subtitle. Um, first subtitle. Yeah, this is going to be, this I would say, this is probably going to be the artsiest movie that we've done. Ooh, probably. Even after David Lynch's Dune. Yeah. I don't know. This <laughs> isn't, this is definitely, this is definitely not as odd. Let's say that, but it's, all uh, right. but it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's considered kind of art house, I think, but. Okay. Well, excellent. I, so two, two thumbs up here from, uh, for sure. Chris and Chris on safety, not guaranteed. And next week we will talk about time crimes and until then stay safe and, um, you know, go check out safety, not guaranteed.